welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host, Mads, and I hope you've been enjoying the show so far. If you have, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show as it's the simplest way to help out. Or find me on social media and tell your friends. This week, I'm joined by reigning Ms. Great Britain, Charlotte Clemmy. Recently crowned as Ms. Great Britain, Charlotte spoke proudly as a finalist about her platform, Raising Great Brit Men. Having three sons, Charlotte wants to encourage other mums to educate their sons and raise a future generation of feminist men. Charlotte was raised in Northern Ireland by two feminist mothers and now embraces being a part of an industry that supports women to talk about their passions. Charlotte calls herself a girl's girl. In her 20s, she was successfully cast as the official real-life Barbie for the toy company Mattel. She worked as Barbie for five years and travelled across the UK at various events. Charlotte dreamed of one day having a daughter to pass down her Barbie memorabilia to, but it just wasn't to be. Charlotte is now the proud mother of three young boys. It was after having her third son that she realised she had a greater power to make a difference to women, and so her platform, Raising Great Brit Men, was born. Charlotte is a proud feminist, and although some might say that's somewhat contradictory as a pageant queen, you don't have to speak to Charlotte for very long to understand why she does what she does. In this episode, we talk about feminism in pageantry, what Charlotte loves most about pageants, where her journey with feminism began, and how we can encourage young people and the next generation to become future feminist leaders. Hello, Charlotte. Oh, hi, Maddie. How are you? I'm thrilled to be on this podcast. What an honour. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for joining me. Um, I've asked you to come on the podcast because you are the current reigning Ms. GB, Miss Great Britain, which is really exciting. And I just wanted you to tell our listeners a little bit more about your journey with Ms. Miss and Ms. GB, if you could, just because I find it super fascinating and it's going to lead into our discussion a bit later about pageantry and feminism and all sorts of interesting things. Yeah, well, I'm sure like a lot of your listeners are probably thinking, what on earth are pageants still a thing? Yeah. (laughs) Because I think a lot of people think that they're dead and buried and don't deserve to be going anymore. But I can assure your listeners that there's a whole new generation of women now who do pageants and it's very empowering and it's all women supporting women um, and encouraging each other to reach our dreams and goals um, and Miss Great Britain um, launched the categories Ms GB and Ms Classic GB um, a couple of years ago um, which opened the competition up to women over the age of 30 um, right up until whatever age um, and I think even just that shows just how much the pageant industry has changed it's no longer a 20-something um, white girl with blonde hair, size zero, who wins. It really is all women, all ethnicities, all ages, all shapes and sizes welcome. You've done so much work in the feminist space and you've started a, a platform which we'll get into a little bit later, but I'd love for you to tell me a bit more about your journey with feminism and where this began. Yeah, well, I am um, originally from Northern Ireland. I live in England now and have done gosh for 18 years which is scary and to think that I've been here that long but I've still got my accent so I'm very pleased when you recognize that straight away it's beautiful (laughs) I love it (laughs) Um, but yeah I grew up in Northern Ireland um, with two mums which was definitely unusual um, and not the norm um, Mm. especially when I was growing up so having such strong feminist roots it was only natural that um, I was going to be a feminist myself um, so my mum and Mary, her partner, um, both worked 
for Women's Aid, um, which is um, obviously an organisation that um, helps and supports women and children who suffer from domestic violence. So um, my mum's worked for the charity for 30 years. Yeah, at least 30 years. So feminism is really being, you know, right in there in my roots growing up. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of where the journey with feminism began with myself. And what do people usually say when you tell them that you're a feminist who does pageants? What's the normal response from people? Well, I think people in the pageant industry, of course, it's the norm because mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say m- all women probably who are doing the pageants nowadays are feminists themselves, or at least I'd like to hope so. Um, but for those people who um, don't know what a modern day pageant is about, um, it doesn't surprise me at all um, that they wouldn't understand it. Um, and I completely, I completely see why they would think that. Back in like the 60s, 70s, 80s, even when I first started competing, because I've been competing myself since I was 17. So even back then, um, it was very male-dominated judging panels it was very, you know, it was really pitting women against each other. It wasn't um, embracing all different types of women. It was very stereotypical and beautiful women that would win. Um, so if people don't realize how it's changed, it doesn't surprise me whatsoever that um, people would think, how can she be a feminist and still want to do beauty pageants today? Um, so yes, it definitely does raise a few eyebrows. And as I mentioned earlier, of course, my mum, who works for Women's Aid, she works for in an all-female organisation. Um, and I think at the beginning, they were a bit like, what on earth is your, what do you mean <laughs> your daughter is doing yeah. um, pageants? Um, and then actually when mum, you know, really sort of explained what was happening and that, you know, everything that's so good about them today, I think I've, you know, changed their minds um, definitely in the office now. Um, and mm. they can see why it works so well. And what do you love most about pageants? Um, for me, it really is um, just celebrating women. And it really is as simple as that. I mean, I don't know any other um, type of event where you will find women on stage um, filled with 200 plus other women in a room cheering women on stage. It's just a whole mm. crowd of women cheering, supporting other women it's not bitchy, it's not catty, um, mm-hmm. it's not what like movies or anything makes out. Um, it's just a lot of women there who are all wanting to make new friends and have new experiences. And for me personally, what I love about pageants is that mm. um, it gives you a platform and it gives you um, an opportunity to use your voice. Um, it gives you a really good opportunity to do fundraising. I mean, I've raised over £10,000 in the last couple wow. of years for just various different charities and um, mm-hmm. Women's Aid being one of them. Funnily enough, during lockdown, I'm a photographer. So during lockdown, I was um, doing um, headshots via Zoom, which oh was my not God. easy. It was horrendous. <laughs> did you have to direct people on Zoom and I say, did. put your hand here? Oh my I God. <laughs> um, but of course, during lockdown, it was horrendous yeah. for women um, who were in domestic abuse relationships because... Um, course, the numbers yeah. just soared um, mm-hmm. being trapped in all day absolutely isolated um, mm. it was just horrendous so um, the call centers were getting loads of calls the refuges mm. were you know having were running out of spaces 
So anyway, I did this headshot event on Zoom um, mm. and raised quite a bit of charity for Women's Aid. But um, I was, yeah, as, as great as it was, like, well, you know what technology is like. It was very stressful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying to set up this call yeah. earlier, <laughs> trying to get the headphones and the mic and everything sorted. It's an absolute oh. nightmare. So in saying all of that, you th- do you think that you can be a feminist and do pageants then? I think that's that's a key thing for our listeners to hear and understand because I wouldn't have... I'm not going to lie, I wouldn't have thought that before speaking to you. Yeah, it's definitely today, 100%. I watched this, um, what was it I watched recently? That There's a great movie that's been brought out of an event. It was, I think it was when Miss World was in London. It might have been in the 60s and it was a real movement with um, a group of feminists who they came in and they, I think they either threw flour or they did something. Yeah. Um, and. I was watching this movie and honestly it was sickening how pageants used to be like when I think back to how it was it really really is awful like women were literally treated like cattle um mm. you know it was mostly men on the judging panel like I say and it, there was a sleaziness about it. it 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 just it it just was nothing that um sits within my belief system at all um but like I say now, it really is women supporting other women. And mm. I've made most of my best friends through pageants. Um, and it's just a really welcoming community. I mean, we're a bit of a cult, really. Once you get in and yeah. get hooked, yeah. um, that, that's you. You've got friends for life. And that's a, that's that's all people really want is connection and, and to make, you know, like-minded like friendships with like-minded people and I think some people out there might be thinking you know if people were treated like cattle why would they do it but it's sort of like well why do people upload Instagram photos of themselves you know it's that it's sort of I guess in the same way that validation and wanting to get involved with something and you know making friends like there's plenty of reasons why yeah I think that probably the easiest way to compare it for somebody saying but why I mean us pageant girls make a joke I mean we I do think it's funny I'm you know I'm 36 I've got three boys. Yeah. Um, why on earth am I wanting to put on a dress and walk around a stage with people clapping? It is very strange. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm the first yeah. to say it. <laughs> when you say it like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. what is wrong with her? But like I say, it's all the things that go alongside it, talking about my platform, which we'll get For into sure, a little yeah. bit later. But there's lots of other things that go alongside it. But I think the easiest thing to compare it to is probably people who do either dance competitions, people who do mm-hmm. bodybuilding competitions. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of having that final, there's a lot that you do prep-wise on the run-up to the final with your mm-hmm. community work, charity work, um, and whatever else. Um, and then the final that people actually watch that night is only one small snippet of the work that's gone in on the run-up. Um, and that's the real celebration of what you've done. So, you know, you have, you do walk on stage, you've got your big hair, you've got your makeup on, but I love that glitz and glamour. And that's something that I'm definitely not ashamed of. I've, I love putting my heels on and getting dressed up. Um, and um, yes, I think I think it's uh... normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, it's, a, it's a really fun thing, but that's just probably the easiest way to compare it. Is it's no different really than people who do competitions, figure competitions, bodybuilding competitions. It is a competition and you've got to have the right walk, you've got to have the right outfits, but you've also got to have the right personality. It's not just about beauty. And how have pageants changed over the years? Well, like I mentioned earlier, um, you know, back in the early days, especially when they first started, it was predominantly like organized by men. Whereas yeah, now, yeah. Yeah, now the biggest competitions, um, well, in fact, all of the competitions in the UK, all the directors are female. I mean, my, mm. my, um, director saffron you know she's a businesswoman mm-hmm. um and um other pageants within the uk galaxy is another big one is ran by mm-hmm. another female businesswoman they're usually now i'd say all actually thinking of it are organized by women for women yeah. um, and even like the big ones like miss universe the, the director of miss universe is female whereas back in the day all very male dominated um and i think even like which is pretty gross thinking of it I mean at one point Donald Trump was actually um he owned Miss Universe which says wow. it all but thankfully yeah. now he's gone yeah um, and it's a woman in charge um and mm-hmm. it is all about um empowering other women so up next we're going to chat a little bit about your platform Raising Great Britmen I hope I'm saying that correctly yeah. so that's sort of uh come off the back of you being crowned Ms GB and I'm hoping you can tell me a bit more about that because it's it's really fascinating concept um, yeah, so I am a mum of three boys, and I think like a bit of a background is that I actually used to work um, as the real life Barbie for toy company Mattel, which what? is yeah random. Oh my god! Wait, <laughs> um, tell us about that for quickly because that's really yeah, interesting. <laughs> I know that's another feminist dive, isn't it? And people's opinion <laughs> on Barbie, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I actually used to be their official real life Barbie for Mattel. So I would travel like the length and breadth of the UK doing appearances as um, Barbie for children, parties or launch events or anything, anything that there was their branding needed to be in. I was there. Um, And again, Barbie has moved on um, through the generations and now she, her kind of slogan is um, be, you know, you can be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really is trying to encourage women to reach as high as they want um, with their goals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was Barbie for Mattel. I was very, very girly girl. I have a garage filled with Barbie dolls that I was given. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I always imagined having daughters. So mm-hmm. three sons later. I oh my like, God. <laughs> I was like, okay, despite me trying to get them to play with Barbies, nope, they were not interested whatsoever. Um, And then, to be honest, I had a bit of a, I don't know if you call it like a eureka moment or what it was. There was some sort of, there was a moment where I realized that I feel like I've really been given like this gift and this opportunity with three boys to bring them into the world as feminist men. And especially with my background, having two mums myself. Mm -hmm. I thought, do you know what, um, this, what an opportunity I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I'd mentioned <clears throat> with pageants, the great thing is having this platform and a voice to speak and, 
acting as a role model. And for me, it really was to try and encourage other mums to raise their sons as feminists. And that's how my platform started, which is Raising Great Brits Men. That's amazing. So how can we be better role models to young men and young women in, in, the, in the same breath? Yeah, well, for me, it was kind of, I mean, it's a it's a learning process for me. I know this mm-hmm. is something that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started my own podcast, which is Raising Great Brits Men. And the idea is that um, over the year of being Ms. Great Britain, I want to speak to um, people out there who are leaders in, in this and who can really give encouragement and advice on what to do. Because mm-hmm. for, I know it's so important and I something that I'm really aware of with having sons as well Mm -hmm. is you know that pressure um and that sort of toxic masculinity and Mm. this is something for me that I don't want my boys to fall into um Mm -hmm. and I don't want them to have the pressure of you know boys will be more boys man up um, Mm and all the sort of aggressive anti-feminine um tones um yeah it's something that I just I don't want my boys to have and be brought up as and what does toxic masculinity mean to you specifically? Yeah, I think for me it's it's like anti-femininity um, really and it's kind of, you know, aggression, um, you know, and like I say, those sort of phrases of, you know, man up and mm-hmm. um, it it's it's something that really does scare me. And I, I read a um, some fact, it was in one of the books that I've got because I bought quite a few books on it and um there was something like the biggest um, killer for men under the age of 40 is male suicide. And having, yeah, it's just so scary. And I think for me, having the three boys, that is something that, you know, absolutely obviously terrifies me as a mum. Yeah. Um, so I think not only does toxic masculinity, you know, affect women, and I want to bring my boys up as allies to women yeah. um, to make the world safer for women and children. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to protect them, you know, from themselves as well and to know that they can speak about emotion and, you know, um, to, to, you know, go with their gut instinct and not fall into peer pressure and society pressure. Do you think it's an education thing from a young age? Is it something that you'd like to see introduced into schooling, maybe something outside schooling? How, how do you think we can encourage the next generation to embrace feminism and equality? Yeah, I think it's definitely something that needs to be educated. And this is why I think it's so important to start to start early on. You know, I, th- I do believe that education is the key f- for bringing up our future generation mm-hmm. um, of, you know, feminist men in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I-, I do think that the schools have a big part to play in it. I mean, I even know from reading like the kids' school books, it's, mm. it's you know, you're very typical... Um, mom and dad and two mm-hmm. kids in in all the reading books that they've got there's no inclusion of you know same-sex couples even still in all the school ch- in all their school mm. books and I think again that just feeds into that sort of masculine the dad's at work the dad's driving the car yeah um, and it's just not giving women that equal space um yeah and I think this is the problem and I, I was reading a thing on um, the Women's Aid website itself mm-hmm. and it actually talks about um, misogyny and mm-hmm. how, how it's really sort of starts from women still being seen as unequal in society um, and how it almost makes it impossible then for women to leave domestic abuse relationships because 
um, and hard to be believed because it's it almost normalizes that behavior. Yeah, and normalizes male dominance over females, and it maybe even it it comes down to internalized misogyny as well when those women are feeling like they they are worth less than than a man, and they they do deserve to have power over them from the man in their life that they can't leave. Yeah, exactly. And it really does put up those barriers um, that make it hard for, like you say, women to be believed and, and have that confidence mm. um, to leave the relationship. And and even it, it just normalizes it. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think definitely within schooling, there certainly needs to be more normalizing of, you know, um, same-sex families mm-hmm. um, and just speaking as well, really encouraging boys to speak about their feelings. Yeah. You know, it's completely normal for girls to get upset and cry. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's almost like encouraged, if anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still see it now. I mean, my eldest plays rugby Mm -hmm. um, and he'll get really upset on the rugby field. Yeah. Interestingly, when I see my friends, little girls get upset, um, you know, when they're doing sport, it's almost okay for the mom to go over and give them a cuddle. Whereas I feel like whenever I go over to my eldest, who's called Spencer, Mm. there's a bit of a is he crying again what's wrong with him whereas when it's one of the girls crying on the pitch they're going oh is she okay today Um, and I really hate that and it's something Mm -hmm. that really bugs me he's just very sensitive Um, Mm and I don't know maybe he's having a bad day he's he's like me he doesn't like being cool so he's like mom it's cool do we not have to do this today um so you know it's just I I do feel like it needs to be more normalized in schooling and um just more just talked about more which is why I want to do this great Brit men campaign mm-hmm. um just to get people chatting and just it's really to just get us thinking I think it's little small steps that mm-hmm. in your own home can make a big impact in society and I suppose apart from education in that story you just told it sort of comes down to our generation as well to like check ourselves if we are experiencing those feelings of internalized misogyny and expressing them outwardly so you know if you do see someone's kid on the rugby field like just maybe ask yourself why you know why it bothers you that he's crying you know it's it's checking yourself and and like you said having those conversations not only with other people but internally too yeah and yeah I do agree and I also think it's kind of challenging people and having the confidence to challenge people because as much as I love my father-in-law, he's very old school. Yeah. And one of the days that he came to watch um, and he saw Spencer get upset, he said, oh, it was embarrassing. And I said, embarrassing mm. for who? Embarrassing yeah, for, for you? Because yeah. mm. um, it was embarrassing for me and I'm his mum and it wasn't embarrassing for Spencer. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's kind of having the confidence to sort of challenge people and say, well, well why? Why is it mm-hmm. okay that the girl was crying, but, you know, not for the boy to cry? So... Mm-hmm. I think there's so much work to get to get done and there's so there's so much in this topic that it can feel especially for me very overwhelming and like I don't know where to start um, yeah. and this is why I kind of just wanted to be honest and say to other moms like and, and dads hopefully look if we've got sons let, let's try and do this together you know it can't be changed overnight but mm-hmm. if we all can do a few little steps and just make this world safer um, mm-hmm. for women in the future and for men, because I want to protect them from themselves. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and chatting about it. Where can people find you on social and where can they learn more about raising great Britmen? 
Um, so my, I'm on Instagram and it's just mm-hmm. my name, which is Charlotte Clemmy. Mm-hmm. Um, so on there, I do post the odd little thing. Um, I, I like to read to the kids a lot and there's some amazing books now, um, that make it really easy to chat to kids. Um, there's one really funny one, um, mm-hmm. called Mary wears pants. Um, and it's about the first woman to wear trousers who got arrested. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, and it's, it's, it's for children. So it's written in a really good way. Um, and funnily enough, my mum's partner um, is Mary. So they mm-hmm. think that it's written about her because Mary would definitely always wear trousers. Like she's yeah. never seen dead in a dress. Um, so they think it's written about her. But yeah. Um, yeah, and I'll sometimes post like little things that I'm doing like that. And they can be really simple ideas um, mm-hmm. and a good easy way to talk to a seven-year-old about feminism and, and how it's been, you know, a a tough journey for women um, mm-hmm. to get where we are today and um, mm-hmm. so yeah my Instagram Charlotte Clemmy um, and then I have got a podcast there's just one episode on there and it's called Raising Great Britsmen um, so hopefully over the next nine months I'll be um, interviewing some everybody from other mums of sons um, to a few authors whose books I've read um, and I would really like to um, interview some men as well and yeah amazing yeah beautiful well i'll pop a link in the episode description to your podcast and to your instagram but thank you so much for coming on and chatting to me it's been brilliant to have you on the podcast oh thank you maddie i hope you enjoyed my chat with the wonderful charlotte please let me know on my tiktok twitter instagram wherever if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share love and elbow taps peace to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.